This is With Intrepid Heart Sermons, sermons by Rev. Adam Moline of Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear friends in Christ, did you see the news story, I think probably from about two weeks ago, about the account of a woman who owned property in Linwood, Washington? Only, in one sense, she didn't really own it anymore. You see, she had squatters, squatters who moved into the property, who did not pay her any rent. They turned the property into a stolen car chop shop, cutting apart the pieces and selling them illegally. And not only that, they also began to sell drugs, and stolen weapons from the property. They destroyed all of the vegetation, turning it into a giant mud pit with random rusting pieces of car laying everywhere. The neighbors were terrified. They'd no longer walk their dog because they were afraid they might be attacked by the squatters living on this property. The news article said that for three years since the death of her husband, this woman had been caught up in a long and difficult court battle trying to evict these squatters. Finally, after the three years, It seemed she was getting somewhere. A SWAT team came and removed the squatters from the property. The locksmith came and changed the locks on the doors and windows. Some of the squatters were even arrested and put in jail. Finally, it seemed like she could get things cleaned up put back in order, and finally receive a return on her investment. But the news article continued by saying that would not happen for this woman. For the day after the SWAT team removed the squatters, the day after the locks were changed, they came back. They cut off the new locks. They resumed cutting up stolen cars, selling drugs, and weapons. The local sheriff was quoted in the article and saying he couldn't do anything without the woman going back into another long legal court battle. Friends of Christ, that's a picture of what our Lord Jesus Christ is talking about in our gospel lesson for today. It's a picture in this way. You were conceived and born sinful. I can say this confidently about all of you, for the scripture says there is no distinction 
For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans chapter 3. You were dead in the trespasses of your sin. Ephesians chapter 2. You were brought forth in iniquity. With sin were you conceived. Psalm 51. What do all these passages mean? It means that your heart belonged to Satan. From your conception, through your birth, Satan had taken possession of you and fortified your heart against God. He was squatting on you, proclaiming squatters' rights. And this affected who you were. You were... As a result, the very definition of sin curved inwardly upon yourself. There was nothing you could do to save yourself. For as we heard, you were dead in the trespasses of your sin. In fact, looking at our gospel lesson... You could say this, your heart was the palace guarded by the strong man Jesus spoke about in our gospel lesson. Satan was the strong man who had taken occupation of you. Instead of God dwelling in you by faith, you were born, fortified by Satan against God. Satan was the squatter. You were the property. And he would not let the rightful owner of your soul in. So, Jesus, who is stronger than Satan, invaded you. By force, like a SWAT team, he did so in the waters of holy baptism. In mere water and word, he bursts through the fortified walls of your heart. He evicts Satan and his minions. With baptismal waters, he washed out the filth that had polluted you. He put your soul in order. In baptism, the devil was renounced for you. In fact, in the old days, and maybe we should still do this, as a part of every baptism, these words were spoken. Depart unclean spirits and make way for the Holy Spirit. An exorcism that still today takes place in baptismal waters. And what's more, not only was Satan kicked out, but you were clothed with the robe of Christ's righteousness. You were made well. How did this happen? By the name and authority of Jesus. It's the name of Jesus in the water 
that makes baptism, baptism. It's the name of Jesus, for there's no other name given among men by which we must be saved. It's the name of Jesus that proves Satan weak and powerless. It's the name of Jesus, not Beelzebul, the Lord of the Flies, that brings peace and comfort and forgiveness to your heart. It's the name of Jesus that drives out Satan. And thus it was for you. But now what? Now what? What about our hearts and our souls today? That's what Jesus is warning us about in our gospel lesson. That's the focus of what Jesus is saying. He has driven out Satan through baptismal waters. But who now lives within your heart, within your soul? For the Christian, their faith drives them to be here in God's house where the Holy Spirit is present, attached to God's word and God's sacraments. Here, God comes to his people and dwells within them. Here, he is Emmanuel, God with us, through the sermon preached into your ears, the scripture read, the hymnody, the sacraments. In all of these things, Jesus is present. And he comes to live in you. But we constantly face the temptation not to be here, not to receive the gifts. We're constantly tempted to skip out on God's presence. Like the Israelites wandering in the wilderness, our hearts, liberated from Satan's tyranny, are constantly tempted to return to the slavery from which we escaped, to be squatted on again. Our congregation is not immune to this. We have hundreds of Christians whose names are written in our membership roll, who once sat in the pew next to you, who have succumbed to apathy and indifference. And now again, 
have Satan and his minions squatting upon their souls, unconcerned with God's word or gifts. And so Jesus speaks today, warning you to be wary, dear Christian, because that same evil wants you to be apathetic and indifferent, to belong again to Satan. And it could happen to you. Don't think it's impossible. Today is perhaps even the best example of this, isn't it? Did you think about it this morning? Church is an hour earlier than last week. It's daylight savings time. It'll be fine to miss one week. Be wary. Repent. And our epistle lesson warns us of other things to be wary of. Things that we take for granted more than we ought to. Paul says, Sexual immorality and all impurity and covetousness must not even be named among you, as is fitting among the saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking. These things must not even be named. But we do name them, don't we? We tell dirty jokes. We watch dirty shows. We read smutty tweets and watch lewd advertising. We'll read about all the crass outfits worn at the Oscars in two weeks. We've become desensitized, not even realizing how terrible and horrible the content of these things are. We willingly bring them in to our nice, neat, baptized souls. We willingly participate in them, maybe even recording them so that we don't miss a week's episode. We invite the squatters back in. To use our opening illustration, that's exactly what's happening. It's like Christ came, drove them out, and we've unwittingly filled them into our hearts again. Inviting in the drugs, the weapons, the filth that Jesus had removed. 
Our gospel lesson, Jesus says this, When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places, seeking rest, and finding none, it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits, more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. So what's the solution? What hope do we have? Our Lord tells us at the end of the gospel lesson for today. A woman hears this warning and shouts out, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts at which you nursed. Christ responds, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. God's word is the solution. God's word is important. It's God's word that brings blessing. It's God's word that fills your soul, that keeps it clear, clean, and free from demonic possession. It's God's word that has delivered Jesus to you. Jesus is, as our gospel lesson teaches, the stronger man, the one who has power over Satan and his minions and his demons. Jesus is the stronger man, not you. Jesus defeats Satan and in your place dies what you've earned. Jesus crushes Satan's head by his own crucifixion, death, and resurrection. Jesus wins the battle that you could not, and he delivers that victory to you in his word. In his word. Word attached to water. Word attached to bread and wine. Word brought into your ear. There the Holy Spirit works, ever keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. There's nothing more important in all of the world than that word about Jesus. Because it's that word that puts your heart and your soul in order and fills you, bringing you eternal life. Now, that affects your life and the way that you live. Being filled with Jesus, you now avoid the filth of the demonic world. You turn off the crappy TV shows. You avoid the wicked tweets and TikToks. You dress moderately. You moderate your gaze. You're zealous for church, not indifferent. 
You separate yourself as best you can from the activities of the fallen, broken, demonic world rather than letting them rule your heart. You hear and read God's word through which the Holy Spirit dwells in your soul. You don't tell dirty jokes. You don't skip church. And when you fail, you repent and beg again the mercy of Jesus Christ. Our Old Testament lesson tells us that God has made a division between his people and those tormented by the Lord of the flies, Beelzebub, Satan. In the gospel lesson, Jesus says, whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever doesn't gather, congregate with me, scatters. Dear Christian, you are with him. You belong to him. You congregate here. Jesus has purchased and won you. He's removed the squatting demons from your soul. Dear Christian, do not invite them back. Do not welcome them in. Repent. Repent daily. For only in that does Christ keep your house in order. He's saved you. And now being saved, you follow him being separated from the world's wickedness. Not neglecting your Christian life, but living it boldly, openly, bravely, believing in Jesus, the stronger man to whom you belong. Blessed are you in Jesus. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. In the name of Jesus, amen. This has been With Intrepid Heart Sermons by Pastor Adam Moline. The words, with intrepid hearts, come from the conclusion to the Book of Concord where it is written, By God's grace, with intrepid hearts, we are willing to appear before the judgment seat of Christ with this confession, and give an account of it. We will not speak or write anything contrary to this confession, either publicly or privately. By the strength of God's grace, we intend to abide by it. <laughs>